Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen. What is up, Super Nintendos? I am Seth Macy. This is NBC episode 575. And today... I'm joined by Brian Altano. Hey, Super Nintendo friendos. I'm still trying that one on. <laughs> All right, man. Keep workshopping it. Rebecca Valentine from the, the Chewy World Headquarters. Well, now I have to explain it. I have to explain it now. You can't do that to me. I'm oh. getting ready to move to the Bay Area, and there's just there's a million boxes behind me, and half of them are Chewy boxes. Dang it, now 
You cannot hide. I'm gearing up to apologize for the welding sounds in the background. This is, this is shameful. Thank you. This episode of MVC is brought to you by Chewy. Great stuff for your pets, I think. I don't know. I don't have any. <laughs> and of course, joining us once again is Cat Bailey from the Bay. Hello, it's Cat Bailey. GameCube stand circa 2003. Let's go, Wind Waker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Woo! Well, I mean, that's the end of the show. Thanks for joining us. You can catch a <laughs> lot to talk about this week. Surprisingly, we have, this is maybe the most surprising news of all. The Nintendo Switch now has Bluetooth audio support. Oh my God. They said it couldn't happen and then it happened. It syncs to one device at a time though. So don't try to go sharing with your friends. Or you will get a takedown notice for... Did, did they say it couldn't happen or did they just not do it i don't remember it, it was, i think it was the latter i think the reason they weren't doing it was because there was probably so there's a delay there's a noticeable delay if you use the bluetooth in your headphones that's what i was gonna get to yeah and so i think they were thinking okay like the audio delay is too much it actually limits the number of controllers you can use i believe with this uh bluetooth thing so they probably did a calculated like Ah, it's not worth doing the resources. But then at some point, I guess they were just like, eh, F it. Let's do it. Why not? <laughs> so it's bad, is what you're yes, saying. Yes, it is. It's it not worth it for any reason. It's, hey, you know what? That uh, classic Nintendo monkey's paw has like 7 million <laughs> fingers on it. <laughs> and every time it closes, oh we get something like this. It's like, yeah, we finally got our uh, Bluetooth support. And there's, yeah, a lot of people actually in the Facebook group are saying like the lag is is really bad because some people are like oh, i just bought the the genki uh i don't know if i'm saying it properly, but the, i think the it's the genki yeah okay yeah they they were complaining because they just bought one and now it's obsolete and other people came to no 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 no. the good news is <laughs> you're good it's pretty good. bad actually <laughs> so so just, Kat, have you experienced it i have uh i have sony wh 1000 mx3s Ooh, okay. or whatever they're really oh, good nice. yeah. yeah i really like them a lot but um, I had been previously just using a wired connection uh, to be able to play it, and that had been just fine for me. I tried it out. It took a while for it to even sync uh, with this new uh, firmware. And then when it did, it definitely was a noticeable kind of uh, delay between every time I was using this. So I was just going, oh, I don't really like this when I'm playing Ninja Gaiden or whatever. I need to hear those, those wonderful sword swipes right in real mm -hmm. time. So I uh, I went back to the wired connection. Oh wow, Brian, have you tried it out? I am no, I'm familiar with the concept of pairing Bluetooth headphones to one of my devices. Though um, I I think this we were all laughing about this in uh, at IGN because it's just one of those sort of like quintessential Nintendo things where they they flip a switch on something no pun intended that everyone else has had yeah. for years and we're all like yeah finally um, but no it's 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 great to see them sort of you know get with the times on this this show is named after uh one of their missing features <laughs> ironically <laughs> so you know we're well aware uh, aware of the of the sort of precedent here but i'm glad it's an option i'm bummed to hear that it's uh 
on, on kind of a lag, but it's, I think it's, it's, it's better than, you know, uh, just constantly having dangling wires everywhere. You have, you do have the option now, which is great. Let's, I, let's see what's next. Maybe, maybe folders or themes, Ooh. some other oh stuff. Oh my God. Uh, themes, Brian, yeah, stop. Right? No one can live no, at that speed. Look, this is, this is what Seth is talking about with the monkeys pod of Nintendo yeah. features. Like if we get themes, the themes we're going to get are like, they're going to be ones that it's going to be like one Mario theme and none of the other characters. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe yeah, I, I don't know like a Kirby one but it's not like a good Kirby one it's just kind of vaguely pink and not even super cute I think be like, that's, that's, that's like unfair a, the 3DS themes were really good they were, yeah. they were amazing but this is this is just the thing or you, I mean we're gonna get like Netflix on the switch but you're the the catch is you're only gonna be able to watch like the two seasons of Great British Baking Show that you don't like who mm-hmm. was and then like like Snowpiercer or something yeah that's it's gonna it's, require it's, you to get a cart sent to you to put in the back like with a Wii. you will yeah. watch you'll watch netflix in black and white basically <laughs> no um I, I actually i think you're both right uh, so i booted up my 3ds the other day uh to play samus returns because i you know the new metro game's coming out and i was itching for it and I, I was like it's been a while since i've done that and i was just completely taken aback at how wild my home screen was it's like i created entire levels of old pixel art using the stickers that i got from that badge arcade oh, i had multiple crazy. different uh themes to cycle through that had you know 3d images and kind of like their their own sound and everything like that like i had a metroid theme running that you know plays metroid music and then you go over to switch and you're like well there's black and there's white and that's all we ever needed for years now like it's 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 odd so yeah i do hope that that changes this is i guess this is a good step forward for them it's it's funny news to me that's all that's the only thing i can really say about it the themes thing blows my mind, Brian, because like I, I paid Nintendo money for themes on a regular basis. I have mm-hmm. many on my 3DS. I have more disposable income now than I did when the 3DS and the DS were things. I would pay them like a couple bucks again for yeah. to, to put a nice little parade of Waddle Dees on my screen. Ooh, Ooh that'd be great. I, I <laughs> love the Hanafuda theme on the Nintendo 3DS. That was my That's an awesome one. Yeah, it's really good. I think mm-hmm. that the Switch OLED's release would be an amazing time to push forward a major update that not only adds, oh, I don't know, more Nintendo Switch Online content, perhaps a Game Boy or Game Boy Color emulation. That'd be wonderful. Um, and themes, like, this is a good time. Let's do it. Let's have a yeah. big update from Nintendo. You can do it, Nintendo. I believe in you. It is a very Nintendo thing to be like, here's our best looking handheld screen ever. And you will use it to play black and white Dr. Mario on the Game Boy. (laughs) (laughs) Introducing Virtual Boy, Virtual Arcade. Yeah. Do you, you know think what? That, I'm uh, going to be doing it. I would do that. I would too. I would totally play it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I missed out on Virtual Boy entirely. I didn't even know anybody who had one. I saw one at Walmart and I stuck my head in it for five seconds. And uh, I didn't like it. It was like uh, that scene in Buckaroo Bonsai where he accidentally gets his head. <laughs> Thank you, Kat, for understanding. I just remember a big that stack reference. of Virtual Boys on discount for like $20 at Target. If oh. I had bought all of those, I'd be rich. I know. But then there would be like 20 years where you would be the craziest person in the world. <laughs> you just have this entire home full of best actors. And here's my virtual boy room. <laughs> Well, I, I actually did buy boy. one of those on, on discount. So oh, I, you did? I, yeah, I did. That's when I got my oh. Virtual Boy. Oh, wow. I'm kind of envious, actually, that I don't have one. But anyway, I, I was trying to say, uh, do you think that uh, this 
Bluetooth update has anything to do with the OLED switch. Have they said what sort of Bluetooth chip is inside of the new one yet? Do we know that? It's like, like the same. Will... Oh, it is the same. The okay, Switch well. OLED's innards are entirely the same. So I, I just no. think that, you know, uh, who knows how things work at Nintendo. Maybe somebody put in a request over at NCL like three years ago, and it finally just now got processed. And they're like, okay, you can push it mm-hmm. live now. It's been four years. <laughs> There's a person working at Nintendo's entire job. They just have an in and an out file on the front of their desk, and they just pull one from the mm-hmm. in. Put it in the out, uh, stamp it, and that's how and that's how long it takes. Well, there was a, a like a strange little note in this patch update that uh, Wario sixty four pointed out on Twitter that said that you'll be able to update the firmware on the OLED switch dock. So basically, any any future docks that have a LAN port on them, um, so AKA not every dock you've ever used in, in the last four years. Um, those are just pieces of plastic and you can enjoy looking at them until they're dead. But the new one, you'll be able to update. And so I don't know exactly what sort of updates they'll push from there. I mean, let the sort of like wild Nintendo theoreticals begin spinning up in your head. Probably not much, but it, who knows, right? <laughs> That's the whole fun of being a Nintendo fan. Uh, but that is an option coming to the OLED Switch dock specifically, which is kind of cool, I think. Yeah. You can uh, you can make the corners even more round with the next firmware. Ooh, mm-hmm. I would do that. Yeah, it would just look like a like a waffle iron eventually. <laughs> <laughs> well, enough about Switch. Let's take a little bit of a time traveling trip back to the year two thousand and one. We'll forget about the other baggage from two thousand and one in September, and we'll go right to the Japanese launch of the GameCube. September 14th, 2001. It's Japanese shelves. Everyone loses their mind. We didn't get it till November 18th. Uh, I specifically asked Reb on here because, uh, Reb, your first console was the GameCube. Is that oh, right? Reb! That's oh, no, amazing. Okay, hold on. Before, before P- I think I've said this on this podcast before, I had Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance before that. I was playing video games before then. The GameCube, my parents did not buy video game systems for me. Uh, it just didn't. Uh, so I had this Fisher Price piggy bank, like the, the one that you don't shatter. It's like plastic and it opens like in its stomach or whatever to get the coins out. I had been my, my whole, my whole life since I was like a little, like a, a toddler and I'd go to my grandmother's house and she'd give me a quarter. I'm so oh. sorry if you can hear the welding. Uh, I, I would go home and I would. They're opening up the piggy bank. <laughs> yeah, all this. And I would, I would take it out and I filled it up and I never opened it. I never opened it. And then finally, when I was was this 2001, I would have been 10. I think I think it was a little after that. So I, I think it was when I was like 11 or so. I finally opened this piggy bank and poured years of quarters uh, and some like dollars and five dollar bills from various odd jobs out of there. Like two hundred dollars uh, worth of quarters. Uh, it was pretty close. We had to like go to the bank. My parents went to the bank. We had to go and we had to like exchange it and sort of. It was it was very painstaking. But I had I had pretty close to two hundred dollars. Um, I think I can't remember if I convinced my dad to like spot me an extra twenty or whatever I was still missing. And I went to Sam's Club and I bought a bundle of the the GameCube. It had a GameCube, it had a controller, it had Super Smash Brothers Melee, and it had a strategy guide in it. Ooh, and strong bundle. I, Oh man, I 
just blew me away. I loved that game. I still have the GameCube. I still have it over there under my TV. Actually, I think it's packed in, packed in one of the Chewy boxes right now. Reb, uh, as, but, as somebody who used to work retail, uh, thank you for stopping at the bank first and not bringing the coins directly <laughs> to the store. No, no, no. <laughs> Dumping them on the counter like a pirate. That would have been a very like, 11-year-old thing to do. No, but I did. I loved the GameCube. It was, oh, it was my introduction to so many things outside of just the, the little handheld realm of Pokemon, Mario Kart, Super Circuit, and Wario Land 4. I, I loved Wind Waker. I loved Melee. Uh, both of the Bat and Kaitos games are very, very dear to my heart. Uh, Tales of Symphonia got me into RPGs that were not Pokemon, and like I uh, loved the series ever since. Uh, I missed a couple on there that I think are... Like, I never played Luigi's Mansion back in the day, and I never played the GameCube Animal Crossing. Uh, yeah, there's on the screen Double Dash. I love Double, Double Dash. Double Dash. Legit. I love Double Dash. Great game. Oh. What's funny is that people were like Double Dash at the time. And this was a common thing with GameCube games. We were like, "Uh, Double Dash, not as good as Mario Kart 64. Mm -hmm. And now I think in hindsight, Double Dash is clearly superior. Yeah, Double Dash rules. Better than Mario 64? I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I I will say Mario 64 has has better multiplayer uh, battle Mm -hmm. mode, specifically. Yeah. Well, speaking of other Mario 64s, Mario Sunshine was on the GameCube, and I, I recognize this is very much a nostalgia thing, but Super Mario Sunshine was my very first 3D Mario, and oh, wow. it remains my favorite. Well, no, Mario Odyssey is my favorite now. But Mario-, Mario Sunshine was your favorite? It was for years. I, wow. I went, I, I've gone back and dabbled a little bit in Mario 64, and I think I just, I, I played it too late. I didn't play it back in the day, and it just, it's, it's hard more to play now. So, more so than uh, Galaxy. I didn't, yeah, I didn't. I didn't care about galaxies much. It just oh, struck okay. me the same way. But I love Odyssey and I love Sunshine. Oh my goodness. Isle Delfino. That Delfino I, Plaza theme. Mm-hmm. There it is. Oh. There it is. Oh, I yeah. just, it's such a, it's, it's such a, such an interesting world. Like it's such a weird setting for Mario to be in. And it's so brave them giving him his little squirt gun. And oh, I, I, just, I love the GameCube so much. And then I got a Game Boy player and attached that to the bottom oh, of the GameCube. Look at that. Lucky. Like even large. Golden Sun on the GameCube. <laughs> amazing. What an amazing way to play GBA games uh, on oh your TV. Gosh. Like it still I, holds up. Yeah. I played WarioWare Twisted like that. I'm not kidding you. That was, do you know how dangerous that is? That is <laughs> like, that is, a, is a, I mean, you're holding a giant GameCube and tilting it like that with a, with a spinning disc in it. Wait, does that work? Uh, for a little while, yeah. <laughs> I didn't quite get that bold. Oh, but I love, I love that thing. I spent, what? I've spent so many hours on that GameCube. My question is what color uh, was your GameCube? Mine I should say is the one that's packed behind you. Mine is, bl- mine is black. Uh, I think in retrospect, I like the purple one better. Um, yeah. my, best, my best friend at the time got one before me and she got a purple one and I wanted to be different. So I got the black. I had the black one at launch and then eventually upgraded to the platinum one for Resident Evil 4, which had the Resident Whoa. Evil 4 logo on top amazing um but yeah i was when the gamecube came out first of all i just want to say kat you put out a like a twitter thread the other day about what it was like to sort of be a fan of gamecube in the moment and the sort of retroactive love that that system's got since then it's completely spot on please everybody go read that there was a lot of like it was it was really difficult to really love that system back then one because the pacing of the of the release of games was pretty slow but two because like everyone made fun of us (laughs) everybody was like (laughs) oh the little little boy with your little purse handheld and your crappy kids mm. games and i was like no but this yeah look at that <laughs> look at paris <laughs> hilton that <laughs> is the most 2001 photo if, i've if, ever if seen a party 
where they were being <laughs> celebrities posing with a GameCube. And this this actually wouldn't have been a launch party. This would have been when the Platinum GameCubes were coming yeah. out. They're like, no, 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 they're cool now. And oh my honestly, God, the, the Platinum GameCubes were cool. They I were was cool. like, yeah, so they look neat. They look in future. So. Yeah. Throwing so, up the devil horns. That was a real big thing back then, folks. My my <laughs> thing was I was I was I was living in New York City at the time and I, I was I was kind of like, oh I'm, you know, I'm I'm a big kid now and I don't need I don't really need video games anymore. I'm gonna like grow up and and do this stuff. And I was like ready to kind of dip out of video games. And then I saw I saw like a on a telephone pole that was like a, a an advertisement for this sort of preview event for the Nintendo GameCube in downtown Manhattan. And I went to it like on a whim with, with the tab off of the, yeah, yeah. I went to it on a whim with some friends and um, they had these kiosks set up all around the room where you could hold a controller for the first time and you could play uh, Pikmin smash brothers, um, the the rogue squadron game and yeah it was kind of like this and 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 a couple others that were and luigi's mansion right and a couple others that were sort of adjacent to the launch window not like the universal studios game which was trash we don't talk about that one but there was a lot of games you know or decent amount of games at launch and i remember going down the row and just playing everything and being like i need this thing this is awesome and then seeing that it was significantly cheaper than i was expecting it to be and like trading in um, probably every video game i owned at the time which please don't do that um yeah. you will regret it and and getting a gamecube and bringing it home uh and being in an apartment in manhattan and just like s- little by little chipping away at every one of those games in that library animal crossing coming out and just spending hundreds of hours playing it you know wind waker smash brothers getting all of our friends together like collecting every single single coin in, in sunshine it is it was such an amazing system resident evil remake like eternal darkness mm. i don't even yeah it was phenomenal phenomenal system yeah. resident evil 4 oh that was classic also, gamecube exclusive mm-hmm. <laughs> it was also i think for me personally the very tail end of the the era of not always knowing not not having all information about the video games you're playing right at your fingertips right mm-hmm. yeah. so i did i mean i did have the strategy guide for super smash brothers but if i wanted to find the information i had to sit there and thumb through it and read it and things like that you know i my friends and i were playing smash brothers and we would come to school and be like oh i unlocked mewtwo yesterday and we'd all be like oh how'd you do it and we'd, we'd exchange information and tips and try to figure it out or like you said mario sunshine you're trying to figure out how to get these coins and things like that it was it was just the very, very end of that era. I, I remember like logging on to my parents' computer and printing off GameFAQs guides, yes. things that I absolutely couldn't <laughs> figure out. But but it was there was still just this nice mystery to it where I didn't have to. I, I didn't just have it all readily available to me and was discovering it as I went because I was a kid and had you know hours after school or hours during the summer to just sit and play these games with my friends. In, uh, and the, yeah, I'm in that. In Animal Crossing, uh, you could bring all these like you know uh, they were they were basically like serial numbers to Tom Nook, and he would give you furniture. And I hit print on a GameFAX list of those at my school's library, and I'm I'm probably why we have a climate crisis. Like <laughs> actually, still I, printing off yeah. destroying the Amazon rainforest was, because of GameFAX. It was like 400 pages, and there were people like, dude, seriously, like what? Are you, what are you printing? <laughs> and I didn't have the heart to be like, well, um, there, there are pin codes that I will bring you a digital raccoon and it'll give me, you know, fake lampshades. Oh my God. No, right. a good time. The controller. The controller's a real one. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 
I mean, it's still kicking around to this day because everybody's still playing Smash Brothers Melee with it. Weird controller at the time. I remember seeing it mm-hmm. and going, I don't know what the heck is going on with yeah. this controller, but it it's still something. feels so good in your hands. The ergonomics oh are amazing. The, the springiness of the shoulder buttons is, oh. I mean, you know, as wonderful as the DualSense 5 is, it's not quite as satisfying because you don't hear that like the spring. That's a strong take. <laughs> <laughs> No, Brian, I mean, uh, that mm-hmm. Twitter thread was from Bitter Experience because I was the world's biggest GameCube stand when I was in college. Mm-hmm. I uh, Everybody was going, oh, the purple lunchbox with the handle. I was like, wow, look how futuristic it fits so beautifully into my entertainment center. It looks it's wonderful. And I liked the colors at the time. I, yeah. I might be the only person in the world who thought the GameCube looked cool. And I was going, nope, GameCube's going to turn around this year. Absolutely. Metroid <laughs> Prime's going to be the one. Then the next year, Wind Waker, this is it. Wind Waker is going to do it. And it never quite did, sadly. And by 2004, it was not looking great for the GameCube, to mm-hmm. say the least. But yeah. I got a GameCube finally in 2003. I was a very poor college student. And I did it because my friend really wanted the price-reduced bundle that included the Legend of Zelda collection. Yes. And so I was like, okay, here's the deal. I will go in and... Sp- split the price of the GameCube. I will take the GameCube. You take the Zelda collection. I got a GameCube for like 70 bucks. I got a bunch oh. of used copies of Metroid Prime, Smash Brothers Melee, Rogue Squadron, and I had a good time because that console had an amazing launch window. Smash Seriously. Brothers Melee, yeah. Rogue Squadron, Pikmin, Luigi's Mansion. At the time, we were like, Luigi's Mansion, psh, what a crappy mm. game. Even people were kind of down on Melee. They're like, it's not as good as Halo. Well, now in hindsight, amazing. Yeah, I remember that too. See, I was younger, and my friends and I thought I thought the GameCube looked cool. But my friends and I were those like very annoying kids who were really into Nintendo and you know all the all the all the cuter, softer games. Meanwhile, all the all the guys in our class, all the were getting Xboxes and Halo, which came out I think around the same time, the first Halo. And so at school, all. They're all like Halo, and then my little tiny group of nerds over here are like, "Oh yeah, Mario!" <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, those guys, they have Xboxes. <laughs> that thing's got like no games. It's got Halo, and Halo's not even that good. I, I mean, had the <laughs> one game in my yeah. dorm. It was either Smash Melee or Halo, mm-hmm. and that was dominating for like first because we were in co-ed dorms, and so yeah, like you could just. Here, it's like, it was like, okay, that room is the Halo room. That room is the Smash room. (laughs) You know which one to go to. It it was a good time. And I put hundreds and hundreds of hours into Smash Melee with my friends. Like, we we would play until we all had at least 100 knockouts, at least. And it would just be hours and hours and hours. Ah, what a game. Yeah, I was really late, actually, to the GameCube. Um, I had a launch day Xbox that... I'm going to admit this. I'm not proud of it, okay? <laughs> it started to only work about once every 10 times that I turned it on. I said, well, I'm going to take it to GameStop and trade it in and hope that it comes on that one time. Like I had a 10% chance and it didn't. And I, the guy said, I can't give you anything for it. And I said, well, what about if you refurbished it? And you could tell he just didn't care. He's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> 80 bucks. I was like, hell yeah. And this had to have been like 2006 because Connor was my oldest son was there and he was just a little baby. So, uh, yeah, I got a GameCube and then I was like, well, now I'm going to get Wind Waker. Now I'm going to get Metroid Prime. And I got, I don't even remember. I just got all these games for cheap and used. And then I'm like, why did I wait on this This console rules? And of course, you know, Wind Waker, 
one of my favorite games of all time. Metroid Prime, probably in the top three of my mm-hmm. favorite games. Of, like, I didn't think that they were going to be able to pull it off. Pretty Metroid, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And then I played it, and I, turns out I loved it every minute of it so this year i decided i actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals so i subscribed to a service that streams all of the nhl to your television uh the boston bruins home opener i went to watch it and boom blackout restrictions apply which i thought was kind of ridiculous because i'm still 200 miles away from boston but whatever had i had nordvpn that wouldn't have been a problem i would have just gone in changed my settings to another geographic area and boom i could have been watching all the boston bruins home games like it was nothing at all so now i have nordvpn and i can watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated it's the same thing with like netflix it has all these complicated licensing rules which from one country to another don't really make sense so something you could watch on south korean netflix you won't be able to watch on the united states netflix unless nordvpn boom switch south korea and you're watching whatever korean drama that you want i highly recommend you do that i haven't done it myself but people seem to enjoy them and who am i to try to bring down people's enjoyment uh nordvpn more than just entertainment and sports availability it's going to protect you especially when you're traveling when you're using public wi-fi people are trying to get in there they're creeping on you bad actors people trying to steal your password your bank account details who knows what the government's doing these days i can't keep track they're all over the damn place nordvpn it's going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, it's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, um unsavory actors are out there if you want to get the best discount off your nord vpn plan go to nordvpn.com slash nintendo vc that's nordvpn.com slash nintendo vc victor charlie uh that link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan there is no risk with nord's 30-day money-back guarantee that's nice of them and i appreciate that Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I think a lot about why the GameCube gets so much love, because, again, like I said, back in 2005, 2006, it was a dead letter. Twilight Princess going to the Wii was seen as a, a mercy killing. And people are like, well, what a failure. Nintendo really screwed up with the GameCube. It was an all-time worst console. 
And I think the secret is the GameCube holds up so much better than the yeah. PS2 or the Xbox. No disrespect. Absolutely. Love the PS2, but so many of its biggest games don't hold up super well these days. Whereas you could just play Smash Brothers Melee. It looks fantastic to this day. It the console itself, the ergonomics looks surprisingly modern. The colors are very appealing in this day and age. So many of the games are still extremely fun to play. More so than almost any game that system that generation, the GameCube holds up. I yeah. still replay Resident Evil 4 once a year, at least. And I would, mm. I would do the same with Metroid Prime and Wind Waker if Nintendo was smart enough to give us all legal ways to do that. Yeah. Come on, Nintendo. Readily accessible. I mean, that, that's that, there. You're totally right. There are so many great games on that system, and so many of them really hold up to this day. And it, it's weird because there's a lot of nostalgia for the N64, but the N64 had one of the greatest launch games of all time, if not yeah. the greatest. And then, and also Pilot Wings. That's the best way to describe that launch. And then, really, <laughs> there wasn't a lot for a little while. Like I remember buying stuff like Mortal Kombat Trilogy on N64 because those first few months were, oh, yeah. were kind of yeah. sad. And I think that the GameCube had, you know, that was probably the first time we started saying things like launch window. We got a little more generous with uh, the space around a console's launch, and it it got a lot of really interesting stuff. And I and Greg, you brought up the Game Boy Player. That blew my mind, especially as somebody that loved the Super Game Boy back on Super Nintendo. The ability to play Game Boy Advance games on a, on a TV, even stuff like Crystal Chronicles um, and Four Swords, which I completely recognize were, were gimmicky, were super fun to get a bunch of people around to play. And, you know, we if you had the means to do that, those were those were really unique experiences. Like, they were just, they, they were doing interesting, strange stuff back then. And in a lot of ways, it was working. And, you know, maybe it wasn't, at, you know, topping the charts all the time, but I, I appreciated the ambition. I am Let us... very, oh, sorry. No, please. <laughs> I am like, actually, actually, seriously, not just saying, oh, I want to do this sometime, like actually very serious about once I get this move over with and unpack my GameCube again, I want to look for a copy of Eternal Darkness because that's another game that I missed back in that era and I've heard just wild things about. And you never played it? Oh no, I've never, I know things about it. I know roughly what it is. That was like think, the urban legend game of 2001. <laughs> yeah, and I think there's probably things about it that aren't going to, I think it's not, I'm not going to be playing on a CRT or anything, right? So th there's certain elements of it that probably aren't going to work, but I love the kind of creepiness that that game apparently has. And I'm not usually one for horror games, but I think I think Eternal Darkness might might be exactly the right thing for me. And so I'm going to try to find a copy somewhere and see if I can give it a shot. I remember being really pissed off at IGN at the time. And this is also <laughs> my fault. because I think it was like Fran or, you know, one of the, or, or Matt Kasmusimo, one of those those old fogies that, that ran this website or pair that old guy. Um, <laughs> the, they wrote an article about all of the psychological effects in that game and it spoiled almost all of them. And I remember reading all of it and then I got the game and I was like, oh man, I already knew that was going to happen. This sucks. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I think playing it on a modern TV would be funny because one of them is like the, the the those green volume bars go up or go down and no TV has that anymore. No. <laughs> Ryan, I want to return really quickly to your point about the N64. I think mm -hmm. the thing with the GameCube's library is that it had a much better breadth of third party support, especially compared to the N64, because companies kind of like soured on the GameCube, especially late in its life because they couldn't really go online and online was the hot thing in 2004, 2005. 
But games like Soul Calibur 2 just were not on the N64. There wasn't the same equivalent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Nintendo lost Rare. That was a big deal. Like, I cannot understate how big a deal that was in 2003. People are like going, this is it. This is Nintendo's on its last leg. It's going to get bought up by Microsoft anytime now. Yeah, this was yeah. the this was the discourse back then. Well, but, and the, they lost Square with the N sixty. Yeah, as they, well. I mean, they lost Square back in the N sixty four days. Oh, and that, Square was like long gone. They were like, oh, yeah, we're just not going to support back. you at all. When yeah. that Metacritic came in for Grab by the Ghoulies, Nintendo fans were like, Yeah, well, <laughs> we're, we won. <laughs> like, Xbox played the long game there. Like it was, you know, like if you look at Sea of Thieves, like it, it, the rare deal definitely paid off. But at the time, we were like, What? What are you doing with them? You know. <laughs> And we got the Star Fox Adventure, which I think people have are a little warmer towards Star Fox Adventure these days. But everybody was talking about the amazing fur effects yes. on Fox oh, yeah. at the time. <laughs> yeah, I think that game invented furries, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we got Beautiful Joe, uh, which was mm, like right. to me one of the most. I mean, that was an amazing, amazing game. Amazing. And mm-hmm. like even the, the whole the Capcom 5, which ended up being, you know, Capcom three and a half, I guess, because uh, Dead Phoenix got canceled and then the rest of them, I think, got ported. I even loved Piano three, which is like I completely understand that that's like a very simple derivative arcade shooter. But I thought it was a blast. Like, I, I'm just you're totally right. It was really cool that I think third parties were sort of coming back again. The idea of having exclusive characters in Soul Calibur and stuff like that, like Link coming to Soul Calibur was huge. That was one of those things where you're talking about Xbox at Spawn, dude. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that is Link so was, like, and Link was the best third party character yes. oh, yeah. by far. He got like high hot. And PS2 is like, yeah, okay, whatever. But Link, mm-hmm. and he's so OP. I love it. <laughs> yep, that was huge. That was huge. I mean, that was the, those characters actually did a really interesting job of sort of explaining where all those consoles were at the time. Because like Microsoft was the Xbox was basically the just like it's the Xbox. We're aggressive yeah. and alternative, and we have Osiris skate shoes, the extreme. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then GameCube was like, this was. our our queen elf boy has returned to fight again in the land of Hyrule. It was great. It was so much fun yeah it's too bad but go ahead i just wanted to mention and i can't you know we can't talk about gamecube without talking about the wave bird and how it was the first good wireless controller it wasn't infrared it was radio so you your mom wouldn't like or your friend wouldn't walk in front of it and you would lose uh your control and i would normally hold up my wave bird but i actually sold it on ebay because those things are going for a decent amount of money now if they have all the pieces so yeah really impressive device because it Felt great. You could take it into like another room and it was still running pretty yeah. well. Yeah. Actually, no input delay. It was perfectly viable for Smash Brothers. A- an amazing device for the time. And the ergonomics on that thing are still really, oh. really, really good. I just, there I love is. the WaveBird. It was, and of course we didn't have wireless controllers at the time. So it was a revelation to be able to just be able to pick up the controller, turn it on, and now you're playing, you know? Of course, yeah. you have to still go turn on the console or whatever. And make sure you weren't on the wrong channel. <laughs> I, I used to hit that that little dial by accident All so many times time. during like heated oh, Smash yeah. Brothers games. Yeah, I feel like all the tech around the GameCube was was weird and experimental without being embarrassing, if that makes sense. Because like the I, I love I love the Wii, but I have a pile and a crate somewhere of crap 
from the Wii, like balance boards and stuff. Fishing rods. Got got used once and then never again. But all all the GameCube stuff has has held up at least in terms of how you use it with the GameCube, like its controllers, the Wave Bird, the Game Boy Player that we mentioned. I remember there. I, I don't remember if it was a specific cable or what it was, but there there was also a thing separate from the Game Boy Player that let you hook up your Game Boy Advance to the GameCube, I believe. Um, yes, yeah, connectivity. Yep. Right, yeah. and you could use that like in a bunch Chronicles. of different games. Yeah, Crystal Chronicles. I think it maybe had something to do with Four Swords Adventures, maybe. Pokemon yeah. Coliseum. Pokemon That's Coliseum. how you got your Pokemon from That's your GBA right. to Coliseum. You could, yeah. uh-huh. you could use it in Wind Waker to activate this thing called the Tingle Tuner, Tingle. which... Oh, my God. Yeah. Which which broke the game in hilarious ways because it let like it let Link basically walk on air like Wile E. Coyote before he looks down. It was <laughs> super funny. Yeah. Also, let's not forget about uh, the funniest controller in Nintendo history. They, I don't even know if they, it was a first-party thing, but the GameCube controller that had the giant full keyboard in the middle of it oh yeah oh, no that wow. was the third party one yeah fantasy star uh, i think right okay, yeah so yeah the yeah. only game to use the actual wireless adapter <laughs> for the gamecube yeah uh, so on the gba uh connectivity tip i'm still traumatized from et e3 2003 where xbox and ps2 were like we got online we're pushing all of the online stuff and nintendo was like we got gba connectivity pac-man versus <laughs> oh, baby yeah that was and that Iwata, was that was dark Iwata, rest in peace comes up and goes well, we don't need online. Players don't want online. They want GBA connectivity. And it was that was when people were going, Nintendo, they're a dinosaur. They just do not understand. And I was like, no, they understand. I want Pac-Man versus. They understood me. I, think- I remember being like so impressed when I had Harvest Moon, Friends of Mineral Town, and A Wonderful Life. And I had mm. Friends of Mineral Town and like I had the merchant van and he would like leave friends of mineral town on a certain day and then he would show up in a wonderful life he would come down the mountain and the whole thing was oh he's he's coming from one town to the other oh it's right the same yeah. guy it's the same character and it was just this interchange of characters between the two games if you had them hooked up it was so cool did well, it freak you out that he was like in your house for a couple of days just wandering that would no, he, he sold he's a merchant he sold stuff so he'd like walk he had he had a schedule where he would walk down the mountain on certain days and come and wait at the inn and would sell you stuff like you go to your leave. kitchen in the morning and he would just be like chilling in there in your fridge he's not in your having house. some orange juice he's not in your- i thought you said he went from one game to another you would crawl outside your of your game, hang around in your house, <laughs> yep. oh read your magazines. <laughs> I'm fine. Even the like the memory, being able to bring your memory card over to somebody's house and put it in, and like mm. their Animal Crossing characters would come over and stuff. You could visit their town via train station. There's so many cool little things like that. I mean, obviously, like. Yes, when you turned it on, it sounded like a child playing a xylophone. There was it's the definitely best. I don't know. It's the best startup sound ever. Even yes, <laughs> that opening. I love what it. What are you doing, Brian? And if, if you, you hold you, down the Z button, it'll make a dog squeaky toy noise. You can handle yeah, multiple. It, yeah, you can make it even more baby sound. Seth, <laughs> <laughs> did you not know you're making a face like you didn't know, Seth? I didn't know you could make it. I knew that there were different sounds. Yeah, when you turn it, when you turn it on, if you hold down the Z button, it, it sounds like a squeaky toy. Hmm. Well, I guess uh, if I still had my GameCube, I would impress yeah. impress your friends. All yeah, and then all my in cool E3, Halo friends. E three two thousand four, Nintendo relents and says, "Okay, you want your badass Zelda? You get your badass Zelda." That's when and that's when they brought Reggie out for the first time, right? I believe they did. it. Yeah, that's taking ass and taking names. Mm-hmm. That, was, that's <laughs> such, that was such a different story than in closing on Pac Man verse. Was all of a sudden this oh, yeah. this big guy comes out and he's like, "I don't give a crap anymore. I'm ready to fight." <laughs> I'm just like downloading the trailer for Zelda Twilight Princess as fast as possible. Going, I have to see this. Have to see this. I I was 
almost in tears. I was so excited for Twilight Princess. And then, of course, Miyamoto coming out with the sword and the shield and everything. It was it was an iconic moment for uh, the GameCube. And people are going, oh, the GameCube's cool. Too bad. uh, Two years, it's going to be done. But whatever. I definitely remember going to IGN and downloading like Zelda underscore E3 WMV. That was those were the days. That's how we watched that's how we watched <laughs> films back in the day. But you yeah. can find some of those old uh, pages that are still live on the site and they'll have a postage stamp size uh, <laughs> video embedded and that is big as it gets. It's like yeah. one sixty by two hundred and forty uh, I had starcraft ghost on pre-order at GameStop, oh. and i was like oh yeah it's coming out on gamecube starcraft ghost this is my game and alas i was a believer for many years that that game was actually going to come out. yeah that never happened right that's never man happened. that's so crazy there was a there, i believe the gamecube i got on the back of the box was a picture of donkey kong racing which mm-hmm. never came out it was it was like that's right. It was like a whole racing game where Donkey Kong's riding on a barrel. I guess it was like a spiritual successor to Diddy Kong Racing. Never happened. Never released. Although we did get Jungle Beat, which yeah, I remember being like, being like, should I buy food this week? Should I buy these drums? <laughs> <laughs> the drums, Brian. The drums. I got the correct answers. <laughs> shout out to all. Shout out to this era of consoles where. Companies had realized companies with enough money to publish physical games realized that there was money in the gaming space and just wanted to churn things out. Uh, but we hadn't quite gotten to digital downloads yet, so everything had to have a physical release. Uh, so the GameCube was a wonderful era of just absolute garbage games that you find in the bargain bin for a couple bucks. Uh, my my favorite of these was a terrible Mario Party knockoff called Pac-Man Fever. Uh, it was just Mario Party with Pac-Man. It only had three courses. Uh, the mini games were all slightly worse versions of. Mario Party mini games. The music, I, I can still hear the music from the medieval map in my head sometimes when I wake up. It's just something. Ah, yes. uh, absolutely terrible game. Days. But I never purchased Mario Party for myself because I'm like, well, I already have a, a board game. Why would I get another one? Even though Mario Party would, I, I don't know what Mario Party was on the GameCube, but it would have been better mm-hmm. whatever it was. Also, shout out to the the Resident Evil 4 Chainsaw Controller, one of the most uncomfortable, stupidest, most amazing things I ever purchased instead of food. (laughs) Oh, you purchased that? That's amazing. Yeah, no, I I bought the day that thing came out, I got it. I was super into that game. I remember just thinking it was hilarious that I had like a Nintendo controller covered in blood. Yeah. Oh my God, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it was made. Incredible for that. So I've 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 finished. You know I've beaten that game on pretty much every platform it's ever been released on. It's in my top two or three favorite games of all time. Um, that's I I don't think I could finish the game with that controller. It was so bad. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah, and it had it had this like weird rock that it was on that like you that you put on. It was just it was so super super bad. Cool. Look I how uncomfortable that thing is. It's the worst ergonomics I've ever seen. It's <laughs> yeah, so stupid. How do you even hold it? I don't know. You, it you so don't. Expensive now. You really. Don't. Oh, yeah, it's no. just a gimmick that you put on yourself. But yep. Resident Evil Four itself, I was not a big Resident Evil fan when that game came out. But I picked it up on a whim right mm-hmm. before I moved to Japan, and oh my god, I cannot over, I cannot understate just like how incredible that game looked back in two thousand five. Yeah. It was almost uh, next gen on the yeah, GameCube. Yeah. I couldn't believe it was just like mind blowingly good looking. 
it was such a such a wonderful middle finger to the people who were making fun of us for playing like a little baby's yeah. console too because we were like, like oh yeah the weakest one man. <laughs> yeah exactly and then it, the game came to ps2 and i was like oh it looks like all your cutscenes are pre-rendered huh <laughs> <laughs> who's the weakest system now yeah that was all these all these whole like game facts talking points are coming back in my head now um but yeah this i i got the demo disc for this game which ended uh right as the the bells start ringing in the in the main town and leon's like where's everyone going bingo um and i played through that like 500 times like i i don't think there's a single demo disc i've played more than resident evil 4 um and i still have it actually reb so the and i'm gonna gonna, people are gonna be mad at me for this but when i moved to california i threw out all of my gamecube boxes and i put all of the discs in like one of those like old cd cases that i still have so if you want my eternal darkness when you come out here it'll be a welcome to california gift oh my god it's all yours i don't know or care what experience comes true yeah i'll I'll send it to you so it's it's all yours i have i have pretty much every gamecube game ever made but none of the boxes and so i don't really feel like reselling them on ebay or anything like that i'm not like seth over here you know (laughs) buying three or four houses (laughs) i should be Crazy right now. I know, I know. But it's all yours, seriously. Friendship ended with the rest of you, Brian. I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, oh, honestly, oh, Brian, that's, Brian, that's an incredible that. gift. Yeah. Man, I'm thinking about moving to California now. No. <laughs> I, will, I will use it well. Sure. Yeah, it's all yours. Invite me yeah. on NBC. Ask me what I'm playing. I'll tell you all about <laughs> this for a couple months. I mean, we're kind of cheating because it comes out. Or it came out in November in the United States, so we get to basically like if I'm not I'm hosting or not, but there's another chance to just talk about the GameCube. You're like, oh, we do it again. I, can, I have so much GameCube nostalgia to talk through. Yeah, I'm. I regret that I didn't get it on day one, but like Brian was saying, it's like I was, I was kind of the same way. I kind of moved on from. I was like, I don't know if I really care about video games anymore. And uh, look at me now. Yeah, Brian, was, Brian was saying that at the time that, you know, like he was going, I don't know, do I care about video games? Am I too old for this? And that was kind of video games in general in some way. It's like, no, no, we're, we're on to the Xbox and the PS2 and Grand Theft Auto. This is the mature time for video games now. <laughs> we're leaving behind the Nintendos and the Segas. Mm-hmm. And, well, it was it was certainly a time to be a gaming fan. And it's I'm just really glad that Nintendo managed to get through it and remain very true to itself. Yeah, it was it was definitely one of the uh, since many times I heard from people, Nintendo's going to go out of business. They're going to go third party. Mario's going to go on Xbox, all that fun stuff. I mean, it started with the N64, but with the GameCube, people were really banging that drum. Um, mm-hmm. And then and then the Wii happened. Right. But also at the same exact time, they had the GBA, which was selling like crazy. And then they had the DS, which sold incredibly well. And so they've always had you know, a couple of things up in the air. That's why I'm glad the switch is doing well. Cause yeah. if both of those things fell at the same time, whew, Ugh, maybe yeah. Mario would be on Xbox. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts on the Nintendo GameCube? Uh, Reb, I think you could uh, keep speaking on the subject uh, infinitely. You were saying, yeah i could i mean i just i i just list i could just talk about all these games i haven't even mentioned like skies of arcadia legends uh which was dreamcast but then the the legend version was even better and that was the one i played uh i got in i got into sonic for about five minutes playing sonic adventure 2 battle and just spent all my time in the chow garden uh a bunch of like little kind of not great games that i played in between all these uh, it's just 
Cubivore. We're looking at you, Cubivore. <laughs> the whole thing is just so good. And I there's a there's a reason I've had hand handhelds and consoles come and go over the years, but there's a reason I still have my GameCube and actually sometimes dust it off and boot it up and play a little bit of something here or there. It just you're, I think Kat said earlier, the stuff it holds up a lot better uh, than a lot of the other things of its era. And oh man, just real real special warm soft place in my heart for that little cube. Yeah. It was a hard lesson for Nintendo because that was the last time that they tried to compete on an equal footing with the PS2 and the Xbox. And they realized at that time that they there just wasn't enough room in the market for yet another console that was going to be just try to be the most powerful console around. And of course, Yamauchi stepped down around this time and oh, Iwata right. took over and Iwata's sensibilities really started to take hold. He really started to imprint himself a lot in Nintendo strategy. And that's when we started getting the Nintendo DS and the Nintendo Wii and so on and so forth. And so this was a, this was a turning point for Nintendo in many, many ways. Interestingly enough, it, I think it went on to sell pretty close to what the Xbox did at the time and was pretty uh, comparative. Oh, yeah. It actually beat the X. Uh, it was it did, like right? right around. Yeah, yeah. I think it outsold the Xbox. And power wise, it was pretty close. The The thing was the PS2 just utterly destroyed both of them combined, plus another hundred million or whatever. Best selling console of all time. I yeah. Mean, so <laughs> yeah. It, was, it was it was tough for everybody that wasn't Sony at the time. But still, you know, amazing console, amazing library. The biggest draw of the PS2 at the time was not only did was it the follow-up to like you know the original playstation which everybody loved but it was also a dvd player and people don't think about it now because you can just stream whatever the hell you want but back then it was well, like oh my god i can pause this movie i can take it out i could come back five days later so it was the gamecube for five people in japan who yes. bought the Panasonic i was gonna say cube. but the gamecube did not have that reb yes you're you have your hand up guilty guilty admission uh again i'm moving in two weeks i'm moving into my partner who has plenty of other technology that will uh negate this but for, for the next two weeks i will remain a person who keeps a ps2 around solely for its use as a dvd what there's literally watch dvds on your more modern consoles you know that which right? one which all one? of them what are you recording this video on? <laughs> Which console do I own that has a disc drive? You have a PS5, right? No. Do you have Netflix? You you can watch Netflix on whatever you're recording this video I have, on, I promise. I have, ne- I have Netflix. I'll tell you what. Discs. Because Brian is giving you a video game, I will, and I'm not even joking, if you send me your address, there's like a Blu-ray player at the Goodwill right next door to my house. I will send it to you. It's a nice one. I'm moving in with my partner. Your... He has a PS5. We're fine. How, how do you even connect your PS2 to a modern TV? I had to sell mine because the actual plugs don't work anymore. I have an adapter. Oh, there it is. Wow, that's, that's intense. I got I have an Xbox Series S, which doesn't have a disk drive. I have a PC, I have a good gaming PC that doesn't have a disk drive. I have not, <laughs> in the entire time since I bought my PS2 in college, when it was already retro, purchased anything at any point that has a disk drive that, that can play DVD. Do you, do you have a GBA because you can watch select animated films and, <laughs> and cartoons on 45 on, minute episodes of SpongeBob? You can watch Shrek. You ever watch Shrek in 40p? You have that option. This is why my DVD collection only has like like five. DVDs and no Blu-rays. This is the exact reason why. <laughs> Just don't do it. Oh, all right. Well, we're gonna actually. I was gonna say we're gonna move ahead, but we're actually kind of going behind because we need to go on the ongoing September uh, uh, segment where we we it's a roundtable discussion. We pick an N64 game we would need on the N64 Classic or N64 Mini that we're never ever going to get the list so far <clears throat> this is a tom marks joint right here <laughs> snowboard kids uh star fox 64 
Donkey Kong 64 respect Reb. I, I saw that you put that on there. Uh, Mario Kart 64. WWF No Mercy, which is a great choice because those that was Mitchell. Those yeah, those games are phenomenal. All of those N64 wrestling games. Uh, Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time. So uh, I will, uh, Brian. What N64 game? You only get to pick one this time. <laughs> okay, well, absolutely need. Considering that this list is crowdsourced by several people, some of which aren't on the show every week, <laughs> including me, um, and I would like to confuse future uh, guests on the show. I'm going to say Chame- Chameleon Twist. <laughs> I don't know that one at all. This is worse it than is- what Tom says. Yeah, no, it is a it's a 3D platforming game with an atrocious camera, and you navigate your way around the world, fighting enemies and collecting things by using your chameleon tongue, which is sort of like I guess it's Yoshi esque, but he it's it's a, like a grappling hook, and he grabs on it like poles and then swings around, um, and it's not great, but I think it should be there because it's funny. <laughs> and now it's set in stone. Rep, mm-hmm. uh, you you get to uh, pick another one for this week. Oh man, I have. I have several actually that i'm thinking of but i'm going to you know what i'm going to go with a sensible pick this week because i think it should be on here and i love this game well no no no. please before you go to your sensible pick tell us your your unsensible i mean i would normally do not do not type this on this list i i kind of almost wanted to say pokemon snap because i just had a really dang good time just now with new pokemon snap and i know the original pokemon snap is is what like all of two hours long. It, it's, it's short. There's not very much to do going back to it and you finish it very, very quickly. But I, I, I spent a lot of time on the original stuff and I love it. Uh, but and maybe someone else will put that on there. But I think I think my actual pick, what should be on here, I think Super Smash Brothers needs to be on here. It just does. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, yep. it's absolutely incredible. It Melee is still to this day my favorite, but I did play so much of the original Super Smash Brothers back in the day before Melee came out. I remember my best friend and I would I'd, I'd go spend the night at her house and we would get up very early in the morning the way the way young kids have As you do when deal. you're a kid, yeah. Um, we'd climb out of our sleeping bags. We'd sleep in sleeping bags in the basement. We'd go upstairs. We would open a box of, this is another weird fact about me, uh, we would open a box of Eggo blueberry waffles. Uh, they would come out of the freezer and we would eat them frozen. We would not heat them up. Nothing um, wrong with that. Hold up frozen waffles in our hands because they're very clean. Again, you can eat while you're playing kids games, stuff. And we eat our frozen Red, waffles. But by, by the way, you don't have to tell. You don't have to tell all. You don't have to say all this stuff. All you, like I feel like you're like you know what? I'm gonna. I'm just gonna really get in. Here's all the strange food we used to eat. Frozen waffles. <laughs> I'm telling you, I love it. Go for it. Go I love the specificity. I'm not taking this from you. It's just. It's hilarious to me how specific you're getting. It. <laughs> Super Smash Brothers, and we liked it. God, and we toasted our waffles. No, go go with the truth. It's funny. No, we just did, and we would play this like very early in the morning, and we would we would fight because she, she always wanted to be Pikachu, and we would fight over who got to be Pikachu. Uh, <laughs> Again, I not, another. Would not get to be Pikachu, uh, but uh-huh. but yeah, I remember it was just it was just nice, and we played a lot of Super Smash Brothers. It was really fun. There were only like four characters to unlock, uh, but it's, it's it's a good game. I also remember the kiosks at. Uh, the McDonald's's. Yes. Oh, yeah. used to have those. Played a lot of Smash Brothers on those because I never owned an N64. But yeah, Super Smash Brothers, I mean, absolute classic needs to be on there. Cannot, cannot miss with the that. The original Smash doesn't hold up extremely well, but doesn't man, it. when I was in high school, that was the game. I was just wild for that game because it 
had my dream matchup of Samus versus Link. I could see finally who who was going to win. It was such a clever fighting game as well. Mm -hmm. Of course, when you had four players on the screen, that thing would really chug. So you need to keep all of that slow down on the N64 Mini if you're going to be uh, accurate to the original feel. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's probably something they're considering, uh, theoretically, if they're making this thing. No, they're not. GoldenEye too. That game was like a slideshow in four-player mode. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think a lot of people realize just how choppy that was. And it was like night and day when Perfect Dark came out, and you could put in mm-hmm. the RAM pack. But even then, if you had eight Sims running around at the same time, and one of them opened a door, it was just like it was like a flip book. <laughs> Remember how weird Super Smash Brothers was too back when it first came out? Because yes. oh, yeah. fi- nobody fighting, knew what to do with it. Fighting games obviously already existed, but I, I Mickey I, I, Mouse's I hand is flying around for some right. Reason. Like I wasn't in the fighting game community. I'm still not, but I I don't know that there were really games like that where items would fall from the sky and they'd be like, some of them would be very normal, like swords, but some of them you get an umbrella or a... Now hold on a minute. What is going on in Kansas where it's normal for swords to fall out of the sky? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Frozen waffles, falling swords. What's happening here? (laughs) Mass hysteria. (laughs) That's why I'm coming to the Bay Area. Uh, (laughs) The most normal place on earth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was just a weird game and all the stages were fun. I remember remember Silphco and the Pokemon popping out of the door. I secretly love Silphco and I love that Mm -hmm. it's in Smash Ultimate. Yeah, whatever the oh, yeah. Metroid level was with the the lava coming up too. I was really oh, good. that was that was a tough one. Yeah, it's good stuff. Real weird. Cat, what is your uh, selection for this week? I mean, I want to go to Futurama with the yes, yes for Star Fox sixty four because oh my gosh, that is one of my top three favorite games of all time. I think it is the perfect shooter. But since I have to pick a new game, I want to say Rogue Squadron because oh, okay. that game. Mm-hmm was an amazing shooter for its time. It also used the RAM expansion, I believe. It and did, yes. Yeah, underappreciated. Like, I was just talking about how the GameCube had a better third-party selection in many ways. And I do think Rogue Leaguer is the better game compared to Rogue Squadron, but I would love to play that game again because people forget, like, Shadows of the Empire comes out. Everybody plays the Hoth level and goes, oh, my God, this is one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. And so LucasArts goes, all right, let's make a whole game around that. And people are like, yes, yes, you will. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Thank you very much. So I think it was kind of a defining game for the N64 in some ways. One of the best latter-day N64 games, certainly. And I would absolutely want it on any N64 Mini if they could swing the licensee. Disney, don't be evil. Make it happen Ah. on this hypothetical Uh. machine. (laughs) I remember the, the RAM expansion specifically added like more like r2d2s and stuff like, like you'd be flying and you'd look down and you'd see a bunch of like little astromech droids that weren't there in the base version of the game or the regular version of the game yeah that that was an interesting scenario having to buy like an expansion cartridge to put into your system to make it more powerful but i did it i was all into it yeah. expansion was practically mandatory for rogue squadron because yeah. that game did not look good without it Mm-mm. i think perfect dark was the same way where like it the, I, I think the game just stopped early on if you didn't have the expansion but <laughs> the expansion didn't it come packed with donkey kong 64 uh, i believe oh okay okay yeah which was odd because it was like Star Fox got the rumble pack and donkey kong got the expansion pack and it was like what are you guys doing over there <laughs> to accurately emulate the original arcade donkey kong required extra ram i just made that up. 
Honestly, yeah, it was either that or all of the balloons they put in that game. <laughs> a lot of balloons. <laughs> hey, I will ride for Donkey Kong 64 forever. I love it. I, yeah. I don't care what anybody says. Always. Even though it's kind of stupid. <laughs> time with it, but I uh, sure I'm, did love all those collectibles, right? Collectible mania. Uh, yeah, that uh, you may not know this about me, Cat, but I I 101 percented that game. Oh wow. my god! Okay, so Ooh. you do. So you're yep. so you're what you're saying is you're a maniac, Seth. I it was a weird time in my life. I so. I love. I get it. Yeah, I get it too. I love 3D platformers. I love I love what we called collectathons for the longest time. That that game pushed me to the limits. I was like, this is this is too much. And then the <laughs> game, the final boss fight is in like a boxing ring. It's cool. Oh it's God. cool. You know what's Agreed great? I remember <laughs> other, other than bad, other than having to play the the only uh, at the time emulated version of the arcade game that was complete. Like I remember very little. Of Donkey Kong, in spite of the fact that I played it to completion, utter one hundred and one percent completion, I remember very little about it. But then again, it was it's like thousand yard stare. Ago. I was just like, mm-hmm. I got all the collectibles, <laughs> I got all of them, just wiped it from your memory. <laughs> that might be actually what happened. Um, it's down to me to pick a game, and I like I'm just probably going to say like, oh, Super Mario sixty four because that's an obvious one. But then I also want to do something that everyone's going to hate, like NHL two thousand or a triple play. Wayne Gretzky's NHL. Oh. Yeah, Wayne 3D hockey is awesome. I won that in a Nintendo Power contest. No way! Yeah. You won a Nintendo Power contest? Yeah, Incredible. it was. It was. I was like, I was floored. It was one of the coolest things I've, that's ever happened to me. And I, as I grew up in in New Jersey, watching the New Jersey Devils, and like we were like into hockey and stuff like that. And that game was awesome. Like it was a super awesome arcade hockey game. You would like, hit like, somebody, and the ambulance would go. Beer, beer, yes. Beer. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. You could light the goal on fire. Yeah, it was it was hockey. It was three D NBA Jam meets hockey. Basically, it was great. Oh, you, you know, you just reminded me that NFL Blitz was also on the uh, N sixty four, and that was a not a very golden, deep game, but it was an era fun. for arcade sports games for sure. Yeah, like people look back. back on that era really fondly. Uh, rest in peace. What was the I NHL version? Back. What was the NHL version that was sort of the same idea? Where oh, it was just like hail summer. There was, yeah. a, there was an NBA one as well. There was what? NFL Blitz, and then there was NHL Hits with a Z. And then there was huh. NBA Show. Oh, no, no, no. It's a family show. <laughs> family show. <laughs> I, I see where you're going there. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we just ruined everybody's N64 mini experience because we've added Chameleon Twist, uh, Wayne Gretzky's 3D Hockey, but then we also had two very good selections in Super Smash Brothers and Rogue Wait a minute. Wins Gretzky's 3D Hockey, I would be so excited to be able have, to play that in N64 Mini. Are you kidding me, Seth? Have they put any... I'm trying to think now off the top of my head which of the mini consoles has sports games on them. And I don't None think of them. No, any of no, them no, do. No, yeah. No. So, uh, doesn't the oh. NES Classic the NES have Techno Ball? Has, like, baseball. No, yeah. you know what it is? Techno it's the, uh, Ball. That's the, the Thrift game. Shop Mini has because Tecmo Bowl wasn't a licensed game though and i think wing yeah, yeah, hockey that's right. was I, I, the, the golf the golf the golf, one. <laughs> the golf. you know the the, golf? You NES the golf? Golf? just just yeah yeah that one the nes oh. golf yeah that's that's a sport <laughs> So far, I, I want to applaud our mar- marketing audacity of not putting the flagship launch game on the N64 Mini yet. As of right now, this theoretical console that we've invented and filled I mean, out doesn't yeah. have Mario 64 yet. 
But it has Wayne Gretzky's hockey. <laughs> that is true. What else Let's do you need? We're going to keep kicking this down down the road. Someone will eventually add it. But for now, a couple of weeks in, there's no Mario 64. Yeah, nobody wants it. It's the obvious one. Like, nobody wants it's like, uh, it's What it should be is like Wheel of Fortune. They give you R-S-T-L-N and E yep. at the beginning of the final round. Like, that should be one of the games that's on there. But you know, eventually this thing, if it were to come out, it will have... They won't put uh, Mario 64 on it because they'd be like, oh, we want, want you to buy that collection you can't buy anymore. Mm-hmm. It'll have... Uh, uh, ocarina but a really bad emulation version and then it'd have all the all your favorite jellico hits that you get at the bargain bin and Mark, we'll Mark, all buy it mortal kombat <laughs> we'll, uh, yeah. chronicles yeah. Man. oh man Ooh. Oh, all right we, time. yeah that was supposed to be the start to... of a franchise that never happened right <laughs> no it was i did uh like the history of mortal kombat yeah and that was one of, that was supposed to be like a big story arc franchise and yeah it, it never went anywhere but we're gonna we're gonna hit question block because there's some concern among the facebook group that we've been avoiding question block and i i'm sorry for that but it just happens it's a show we get talking and unfortunately question block is the end and if it's at the end that's the first thing that's gotta go what can i say? sometimes you just you run out the clock yelling about old hockey games and frozen waffles <laughs> and we're having a good time here this is what it's all about stories okay? falling from the sky you know yeah it's just we're just having fun uh all right Marshall, this is this is another part that's difficult for me for question block because I always ruin people's names. Marshall Gorduk, Gorduk asks, would you like to see Metroid embrace other genres beyond 2D and first person games? And the answer is yes. Like soccer? <laughs> Dude, that would be awesome. They did it. We did that. Metroid Puzzle League. If we can get a Pokemon Puzzle League, but it's Metroid, I'm all in. I'm down with that. I, 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 I maintain that Metroid Prime Pinball is, is a fun game. I like that game. Oh my god, we need to put Pokemon Puzzle League on that hypothetical N64 Mini. Somebody do that. <laughs> Come back I next week. I don't want this. No? <laughs> you don't want... No, but it's, 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 a, it's out of love. Uh, because as as Brian said, they tried, right? They did. Mm-hmm. We okay. We have gone. We do not often get Metroid games. We get right. them sometimes, but it, it takes. We do not get them. I do not want to see us go the way of so many other franchises where we just keep getting delivered a lot of very <laughs> uh, questionable spinoffs uh, mm-hmm. to uh, to upset us while we wait for Metroid Prime, whichever. Like uh, Federation Last Force? Ball and yeah. Federation Force were not good. Yeah. Uh, I will so. say something. My... There was a Metroid Prime pinball. Yeah. Was that we, good? Some... That was good. I think I was all right. Yeah, I was all right. Yeah. I just... That came with a rumble pack, too. Why do I know I just... this stuff? This is... I just don't know. <laughs> there was like a Pikmin game a few years ago that was a, a, a 2D platformer that was not good. Uh, I don't remember that I don't at know. all. This just there's there's so ex- I don't know it's just this just keeps happening I just I no I, I'm with you Reb I think Metroid Prime needs to come back like at this point oh, I was kind yeah. of th- I was kind of thinking about it I was like going oh, is, is Metroid Dread going to do well are are people like actually super excited about it I know that there is a contingent of people who are very excited about it and I will definitely play Metroid Dread when it comes out but I keep thinking about how if Met- if this were Metroid Prime four People would be going, this is like one of the biggest releases of the holiday season. I'm all in. I desperately want kind of that that feeling that we had when Metroid Prime came out, when Metroid suddenly oh, was at the, the cutting edge so of gaming, and it reinvented the series. And I'm a little sad that we kind of lost that. Uh, bring it back. Bring back Metroid Prime. 
Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, think, I, I think Dread will do well. And I think Prime, Prime will obviously be great when it comes out. But I, I don't know. I just I just worry about it because Nintendo has a history of, of trying to take its, you know, five franchises or however many it has into other genres. And then everyone just being kind of sad about it. Animal yeah. Crossing had this problem. Kirby's had this problem. Star Fox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just give me a regular Star Fox game. For heaven's sake, stop trying to add a gimmick to it. I'm going to sorry. I'm going to I'm going to be great. I'm going to say, yes, I would like to see them embrace other genres. And I'm going to say it like this. FTL one of my favorite games of all time probably my most played game ever uh, on various platforms i have it on my ipad now and i oftentimes will just play it like on a saturday meaning i will just spend saturday playing that game i would love to see a roguelike metroid game in that sort of similar vein as to ftl if you haven't played ftl it's like three dollars on ipad and it's really so are you talking more like dead cells or are you talking about no i'm talking about like like yeah you're like on a bounty hunter ship you have to manage all the systems you have to fight Mm -hmm. against space pirates uh, on ships you have to do things you have to uh, roll up into a ball for some reason i don't know i'm not a designer you You have to hunt bounties We've established nintendo still doesn't know what this is (laughs) go go out bounty If you did Metroid in the style of Hades, I think it could be really good. That would like, be I see Metroid too, actually. Or like the Ascent, where you're mm. controlling or you're point and click and you are upgrading Samus uh as she goes. I think that would be really I like fun. That. I like that a lot. So thank you, Marshall, for the question. Uh Travis Crawford asks, should Nintendo bring this is a two-parter, I actually like it. Should Nintendo bring back different colored cartridges? And if so, should they make them taste different but equally as bad as the default? <laughs> yes, I like. Let's get an absolute carnage game that's bright red and have it taste like uh, like cinnamon Blood. fireball. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I mean, I, we want it to taste bad, right? Not cinnamon. That's well, yeah. I was saying, uh, I want it to taste like a real hot cinnamon. Like you can't, you can't stand to have it on your tongue. Cinnamon and blood together at last. <laughs> Thank you for bringing me back to the era when people were tasting Nintendo cartridges for reasons I couldn't quite discern. I did it before and I'll do it again. Really? You monster. Wow. Did they ever figure out why? Is that that like to keep children from eating them or is it just exactly what it is? There's a great uh, there's there's a chemical that they make for this very purpose. It's extraordinarily bitter and it's just, you know, for pets and kids. And there's a great L.A. Beast video where he like drinks them whole bottle of it so uh you know go check that yeah. out on youtube so yeah, he's wow beast you oh, yeah. yeah all right so yes we all agree they should taste bad and different i'm i'm an all digital guy so you do whatever you want <laughs> what would the gold zelda cartridge taste like is what i'm wondering blood but no seriously we need a gold I mean, zelda cartridge like if it, that, if it tasted yeah. like old coins or something like that. Ooh, but the copper taste when you're like good, when you put a penny in your mouth. Taste. I've definitely never done this, by the way. Do you guys know when uh, they put out the uh, classic NES series for the Game Boy Advance? They yeah. put out a bunch of like promotional stickers that were scratch and sniff and they were shaped like the original NES box arts. And Excitebike, if you scratch it, it smelled like like an old highway or like gasoline, like old tires. <laughs> no, is this real? Like, this, was this, this is actually? Real. This is a real why, thing. Yeah. Why would um, they be scratch and sniff? Why? I don't know. And then I, I believe Super Mario smelled like like garlic or like, like pasta sauce. Mama mia! And then <laughs> Zelda smelled like, uh, like a forest. And then Ice Climbers oh, was like... But Ice Climbers was like blueberry mint, which is like, well, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it was dabbed off cool water. 
Yeah. No, look up classic NES scratch and sniff stickers. This That's was a so real cool. thing that Nintendo made. What a time. So, I, mean, I think that was an, Earth, uh, was an Earthbound thing, too. They did yes. scratch and sniff oh, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. 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 I miss the era when all the Game Boy cartridges, when all the Pokemon cartridges specifically were different colors. So red, blue, mm-hmm. and yellow were the right colors. And then gold and silver, the cartridges were very glittery, gold and silver. And then I remember Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald were like slightly translucent, red, blue, and green. Oh, that was so That's cool. So Give me yeah. that back. It was We're on the cusp of that coming back big time. There's a lot of that sort of or early 2000s nostalgia. And that was all kicked off, of course, by the first wave of IMAX. Steve Jobs triumphant return to Apple. And he made these incredible little bubble computers that everyone had to have that came in different flavors. And then the N64 came in it. And then you could buy like an iron that was also translucent plastic. And, and yeah. Anyway, yeah, it was a weird time. But I hope it comes back. <laughs> I love I love that look so much. So uh, we did it. We got some question block questions, probably not as much as people had hoped. I'm sorry, but we're done. And I want to thank my panel for being here talking about GameCube and Nintendo and N64. And, you know, we didn't move uh, things forward. We sort of we sort of stuck around in the past. But that's OK, because I'm an old man. And I'll, I spend most of my time telling my kids what used to be there now. So <laughs> that's just what happens. But uh, if you want to submit your own questions to question block, write us at NBC at IGN.com. Or you can respond on the Facebook group to our weekly question block post. Uh, Thank you all so much for watching. And remember, MVC, only place where you can. That's a thing. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.